You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Okay, well, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Romans, chapter number 12. And we've been preaching the last couple of weeks about the battlefield of the mind, and I'm not going to continue that today, but I do want to pick back up on that in the near future. Uh, So much to be said about that, but I I do want to still be in Romans chapter number 12 and kind of preach these same couple of verses today. But I don't know about how many of you are trying to find the perfect Christmas gift. Uh, Maybe how many is done with their Christmas shopping already? Anybody? All right, look at you. Boy, I'm proud of y'all. Jealous of you one. Done with your Christmas shopping. All right, that's amazing. Uh, Well, the rest of us aren't. um, And uh, a lot of times I'll be sitting there on Christmas Eve thinking, you know what, I meant to get this and I never went and got it. I'm uh, terrible. But, uh, but Chris, so you, you know, especially when you have somebody you really care about and you really want get to the, get the perfect gift for, a thoughtful gift, um, no matter the price, uh, whether expensive or not so much, but something that's meaningful. And there's some of you that are just great gift givers. I am not a great gift giver. Um, it stinks because uh, I love people a whole lot more than the way my gifts, I think, come across sometimes. Uh, but when you try to find that perfect gift for somebody, but I thought about this this morning, the thought on this question. You ever thought this? What does God want for Christmas? What God wants for Christmas? And did you know that you can give something to God for Christmas? Some of you are gripping your pocketbooks tight, amen? (laughs) Just hold on. Uh, uh, What God wants for Christmas. And uh, and I want to, with that thought in mind, I want to read verses uh, 1 and 2 of Romans chapter number 12. So if you'd read along with me, please. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice... Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. I want to go back to Romans 12.1 once again, and I want to emphasize a word. I'm going to pronounce the word differently this morning. Verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present... That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Uh, And the answer to the question on what God wants for Christmas, for one thing today, if you have not yet received the gift of salvation, the thing He wants more than anything is for you to receive the gift that He's already purchased for you. But if you're here today and you're saved, you know Christ as your Savior, what does He want? What can you give Him? Man, really, He just wants you. And really when it comes down to it, isn't that what really matters is uh, people? And I'm telling you, one thing that I want to say about God is that you matter to God. Souls matter to God. People matter to God. What God, people think God wants this, God wants that. No, He just wants you. Amen. Uh, in the very beginning, when God created Adam and Eve, what did Adam do? What did God do? The Bible says that God and Adam would walk together in the cool of the day. The Lord enjoyed walking with Adam. And you want to know something today? The God of heaven wants to walk with you. 
He wants to have that kind of relationship with you today. Uh, but there's something that got in the way when it came to Adam, and that was Adam's sin. It wasn't anything that God did, but Adam chose to turn his back on God. Adam went chose to go in a different direction, and that interrupted the fellowship that God had with man. And, and the whole purpose of Jesus Christ's coming really is to restore that relationship that was broken by sin. Adam was the very first man to sin. And the Bible says as a result of that, that we all became sinners. Everybody that's ever been born into this world since that time. And if, you, if, you, if you're there in the book of Romans, you can see this. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so the very first thing that we understand is that because of our birth, we were all born sinners, and that's why we have all sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says in, also in Romans chapter 3, verse number 10, it says that there is none righteous, no, not one. In other words, there's no one that's, uh, that's without sin. There's no one that has not violated and broken the law of God. Each of us have sinned against God Almighty. So we need to recognize that today. Sin interrupts that relationship. But I'm glad that's not the end of the story. Because when man went into sin, it separated. It created a great gulf, if you will, between God and man. But I want to let you know something today. God bridges that gulf. God makes His way across to give the opportunity for that relationship to be restored today. And the Bible says this in Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. And again, you can just follow right along with me here. Romans 5, verse number 8. The Bible says... But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. So even though we were sinners, I'm glad, listen, one of the things that religion a lot of times tries to do is cover up our sins or hide our sins or mask them uh, or just make us feel guilty and get everything they can get out of us because of our sin. That's what church is about for a lot of people. But folks, that's not what God wants. God deals directly with our sin. And the Bible says, though we were yet sinners, the Bible says that He loved us. God commendeth His love toward us. That word we don't use very often, but it simply means this. God proved His love. He expressed His love to you. Even though we're sinners, there's a God in heaven that loves us today. And if you ever want to know uh, how you can know that, you can look at the cross of Calvary. Amen? And I mean, listen, the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so the very first thing when I say what does God want for Christmas, if you aren't saved today, if you've not received the forgiveness of sins, the gift that God purchased for you on the cross, He wants you to receive that gift today. This is the message that I preached uh, Wednesday night. I, I preached not this message, but I preached along the lines about the gift and how that God purchased the gift of salvation. And I talked, uh, I talked a little bit about how purchasing a gift goes. For those of you that have gone and purchased a gift, you have gone and paid the price for that particular gift. You picked out that gift for someone else. That gift, if you've bought it already, just imagine that you've bought them this new iPhone. 
This isn't mine. This is a tray use. Amen. Yeah, you bought them this new iPhone here today. And just imagine that you went and bought this. You paid for it. It's now in your possession. But now, uh, but here's where a lot of people sit today. When Jesus went to the cross of Calvary, folks, He purchased the gift of salvation. He made it possible for you to have life, eternal life in heaven, also life on this earth to restore the relationship that was lost by sin. That's the gift of salvation. He has made all that possible. The gift is purchased. How many of you love waiting for your gift? How many of you were, uh, were, were bad kids or how many of you are bad kids and you would unwrap the presents and then get them out and play with them and then wrap them again? Anybody do that? I had friends that did that. It was just, I thought that was awful. I like being surprised. Amen. I, I really do. But they would unwrap the gifts and go back and get them again. But for most of us, those gifts are wrapped somewhere, put away somewhere, stashed somewhere. Maybe they haven't been wrapped yet. Now, here's the thing. You, you, you may know you have that gift. Let's say it's already wrapped in under the tree. You know you have that gift. It's got your name on it. But the question you've got to ask yourself is this. When does it really become yours? It's as good as yours. It's sitting under the tree with your name on it. But until you actually receive that gift and accept that gift, I could buy this phone for you all day long. But if you're not going to take it and make it your own and activate it, uh, then it's not really doing you any good. And where a lot of people sit today is this. They're glad they've got a present under the tree. In other words, they say, boy, that sure is great that Jesus went to the cross and rose again. Yes, it is. I won't, I won't deny that. But the question is this, have you received the gift of salvation? Have you accepted that gift? If you've not yet accepted that gift, I want to beg you today to please accept the gift of salvation before you leave here today. And you can do that. Now, it's not wrapped up in a pretty box, but I'm telling you, it's a spiritual gift. And the God of heaven will speak to your heart if you'll listen today. And He'll reveal to you your need of salvation. And the Bible says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And it goes on to say this in Romans 10, 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you later to accept this gift that the Lord has given to you. Not this gift, betray you. I'm not giving it away. But I'm going to encourage you to accept the gift of salvation. So, number one, recognize that you're a sinner. Number two, realize that, the, that, that even though we're sinners, Christ loved us. I like what the Bible says in Romans 3.23. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you've not accepted the gift of salvation, I beg you, I implore you to do so today. One of the great things about our God, folks, the passages that I'm trying to get to here about presenting our bodies to God, that is to those that, that are saved and know Christ as their Savior. And you know what? It's interesting what God says there. God beseeches us, but He doesn't make you do it. If you're here today and you know Christ is your Savior, He's not going to make you surrender your life to Him. If you're here today and you do not yet know Christ as your Savior, uh, listen, He's not going to make you get saved. He's not going to make you call on Him. He gives you the opportunity. 
You know the way Jesus said it in the book of Revelation? He said it this way. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he says, any man that opens up the door and invites me in, basically, I'll come in and, and sup with him, eat with him, fellowship with him. But you know what? You don't have to answer the door today. God will, not, God will not bust His way into your life and force you to be saved. He will not just kick down the door and say, okay, this is what you're going to do for me. No, God simply says, I willingly gave my Son for you and I just willingly want you to be willing to give your life for me. And so realize, reject, re repent, and then to receive. There's a, there's a great thing what the Bible says here. Really, when it comes to receiving the gift of salvation, God really kind of wants to do an exchange. God wants to do an exchange. Now we all like gift exchanges, and it's good to be on the good end of a gift exchange. But I don't know how good of an exchange this is for God. But since He loves us so much, here's the exchange. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. The Bible says, for he hath made him to be sin for us. This is 2 Corinthians 5.21. I'll read that again. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Now what's that simply saying is this. For he, God the Father, has made Jesus to be sin for us. So when Jesus went to the cross, folks, the reason he went to the cross was because of mine and your sins. Yeah. He bore our sins on the cross. He became sin for us, the Bible says. And here's what it goes on to say. What's, what's the exchange? He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, which is to say Jesus didn't have any sin of His own, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You talk about an exchange. You know what salvation really results in? It's simply this. It's us. It's God saying, if you will give me your sin, I will give you my righteousness. <laughs> That's a pretty good deal. Amen. If we will say, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. Forgive me, God. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for uh, uh, th that which I've done that's against you. And he says, if you will ask for forgiveness for your sin, he will in turn give you his righteousness. Now, I don't know how many of you like to swap and to deal and, and things like that. But, buddy, that's a pretty good deal. Right? That's a pretty good deal. I mean, you are going to get the better end of this deal if you are willing to repent and to turn to Christ today. And that's what he says. There's an exchange that takes place. And so if you do not know Christ today, what does God want for Christmas? He wants you to receive His gift of salvation. And He wants you to repent, to turn from your sin, to confess your sin before God and confess your need of Him. You see, Jesus, that's the whole reason He died. He was purchasing the gift of salvation. That's the whole reason He rose again was to offer it to you today. So if you don't know Christ today, please, before this service is over, I beg you, call on the name of the Lord. Be saved. Don't, re don't, don't just rejoice and be like, boy, I, I heard God got me a gift. That's so wonderful. That's great, but that's not enough. Receive the gift by faith. Receive the gift today. I beg you. But if you are saved, what does God want for Christmas? The Bible says right here, He says that you present your bodies. Amen? That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's just simply to say this. 
If I'm willing to see salvation is trusting God with my never dying soul, with my eternity. And what God is saying is, if you have trusted me with your soul and with your eternity, can you trust me with your life? That's what God wants. He wants us to surrender our bodies. Before we trusted Christ, we used our body for sinful pleasures and purposes. But now that we belong to Him, we want to use our body to glorify Him. See, the Bible says that, it, that once you're saved, this is one of the cool things about becoming a Christian. Becoming a Christian, folks, notice this. I'm not talking about church membership today. I believe in church membership. I believe in the local church. But joining, a, joining a, this church or any other church does not make you a Christian. You know, somebody says being, a, uh, be, being in a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in a garage makes you a car. <laughs> right? Being in a church, being a part of a church does not make, the, the world may call you that, and you may call yourself that, but that's not what it's about. It's not just about belonging to some religion, but it's a relationship. It's a relationship. And what it just simply is, is this, that when you, when you trust Christ, when you receive the gift of salvation, you know what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches that the person of the Holy Spirit of God, God the Spirit, comes and indwells you. These verses talk about a changed life. You may be sitting there today thinking this, I would like to become a Christian, but I don't know that I could live the Christian life. Well, i got good news for you. Nobody can live the Christian life. Or is that bad news? I don't know. It's not about what we can do. See, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of God comes and makes a change. See, these verses talk about us being transformed rather than conformed. Transformation comes from within. See, it's not about you trying to reform. It's not about you trying to turn over a new leaf. It's about you accepting Christ, coming to Him empty-handed, except offering all we have to offer is our sins, and God saying, I will make a change in your life. Because the Spirit of God comes and moves in. So therefore, the Bible says that our bodies, once we are saved, are the temples of the Holy Ghost. We say it all the time. This, the, the church really isn't the building. The church is the people. And would you believe this today? Would you believe that we've got a, uh, that we've got a record Sunday today? 103 people in this church today, believe it or not. 103, record Sunday. 98 was just a couple of weeks ago. And you know what I thought coming into today? I mean, I think you look around. We've got several couples and families here today that told me they weren't going to be here today. And I thought, man, it's going to be a little sparse. Uh, but the Lord's good, amen? Why? Because God is building His church. But the church isn't the building. The church is people. And if you, uh, and so the temple of God is the person. The Spirit of God comes to dwell on the inside. And, and it's a privilege that we use our bodies to glorify and to magnify Christ. God wants to express His wonderful love and power through our lives daily. See, the great thing about what it means to truly be a Christian is being a Christian is not about playing a part. It's not about playing a part. You know, trying to live. You know, you know what it's about? It's about living a life. It's God using real, normal people, 
Most of you normal. I don't know if y'all consider me normal or not. But just normal everyday people that God uses to express His love, His power. See, but, but, but as Christians, we, we, have, we have trusted Christ with our salvation. But now He says, will you be willing to give your all to Me? Will you be willing to surrender your life to the Lord? It's the proper thing to do. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. It's the practical thing to do. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. That's to say this. That's the only way that we can live this life. And it's the powerful thing to do. The Bible says uh, a living sacrifice. Well, you know one of my favorite verses just because of experience is John chapter 10 and verse number 10 where Jesus said this. Well, he said that it starts off by saying this. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's what Jesus said. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Folks, I would not trade what it means to live for Christ for anything in this world. Amen. I mean, friend, this is the life. I mean, thank God I've got eternal life. But I'm so glad that knowing Christ, and I, I, I am by no means a perfect individual. Neither are you. Amen. And by the way, we say this oftentimes. For those, uh, you know, you, you talk about people, sometimes people seem like they're looking for the perfect church. And I've often, I've, I've implored, I've begged people before, when they're looking for the perfect church, I say, if you find it, don't go there. Because you'll mess it up. <laughs> Why? Because we're all imperfect. But it's not about us. It, it, it's God using flawed vessels like me and like you to, to show His love, to show His grace, to show what He can do. But first, we've got to be willing to say, Here, Lord, I give myself. I give myself. I give my body. I give my mind. I give my will. I think about what, what uh, the, the prophet, when the Lord said, I sought for a man among them who would stand in the gap and would make up the hedge. And the prophet said, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Do you know that God has a work to do? God has a plan. And one of the things I want to emphasize as much as anything is this, is there is not a person listening to me this morning that was not put on this earth for a divine purpose. God has a purpose for your life. You are living, breathing, existing on this earth right now because God has a life for you. He's got a purpose for you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, I promise you the very first thing of that is this, receive Christ. Know Him today. If you are saved, I promise you one thing, you can trust Him, but you're going to have to surrender. See, a lot of times we want, we want God to fill in all the blanks before we will surrender to Him. But we just need to be willing to say, you know what, Lord? I trust You. I surrender to You. I submit my life to You. The Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 12, and verse number 30, I meant to read this earlier on, the Bible says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. How do we serve God? What does God want? He just wants us to give Him our all because He loves us so much. He wants to work through our lives. I promise you, He wants to bless your life. He wants to uh, use you to be a blessing, to magnify Him, to be a blessing and a ministry to other people. What does God want for Christmas? 
main thing He wants is you. If you're here today and you're not saved, would you be willing to trust Him today? Preacher, I don't know how to go about doing that. How do I receive the gift of salvation? I mentioned earlier, if this were the gift that I've purchased, that I have paid for already, if I came and offered you this gift, what would you simply have to do to make it your own? Accept it. You're not accepting it though. You got your hands folded. Would you accept it? You bet. How about it? Amen. Reach it. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to take it. This is what a lot of people do. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Jean. I'm taking it back. God won't do that. Amen. Miss Jean's been here since our very first service that we had, amen, uh, back eight years ago. Thank God for Miss Jean. But you, you accept it. That's how you make it your own. How do you accept the gift of salvation? Here's how you do it. You know, it's, it's just that simple. Just that simple. Because here's what the Bible says. I've said it already. But with the heart, man, believe it unto righteousness. Then it says this. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. We, say, we, we, we pray. But really, it's from our hearts. And here's what God says. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, has God spoken to your heart today about your need to receive Him? About your need to turn to Him? To confess your sin to Him? You say, oh, preacher, well, I've believed for a long time. That's great. It really is great. But have you received the gift of salvation and if you haven't today, all you must simply do, would you be willing even right now to do it? With every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray. Would you be willing today to say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I pray that you will forgive me of my sin, come into my heart and my life, and be my Lord and Savior today. I receive your gift of salvation today. Now if you said that prayer... Again, the words may not mean a whole lot, but if you said a prayer like that from your heart today, you know what? That means you've accepted the gift of salvation. Let's all stand. I'm going to ask Miss Kim to come. We're going to open up the altar and we do this at the end of the services because we allow people to pray if God has spoken to hearts. Has God spoken to your heart today? Have you received the gift of salvation? Hey, how many of y'all wonder maybe just received the gift of salvation? Maybe you just finally said, you know what? I will, I will ask the Lord to save me. I will ask the Lord to be my Savior. I will call on the name of the Lord. Let me ask you this. For some of you, what are you waiting on exactly? I mean, God's knocking at your heart's door. You come to church. God speaks to your heart. You know what you need to do. You know you just need to humble yourself. But something holds you back. There's pride that just holds you back. What will people think? I'll do it later. I don't know what it is you might be waiting on. God's offering you a gift today. Can you imagine turning away a gift that God's trying to give to you? To that, that someone's trying to give? Don't turn away that gift. If you don't know Christ today, please accept Him. If you do know Christ, please surrender your life to Him. Be willing to say, Lord, I give myself to You.
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, for that glad day that I accepted the gift, the gift of salvation. As a 16-year-old boy, God, I saw my need. I heard the good news. And I'm glad that I understood. I didn't understand it all. But I understood that if I would open my heart to you, Lord, you would come in. If I'd open up my life to you, you would come in and you'd make a difference. God, I'm glad years later, God, as an 18, 19-year-old young man, you convicted my heart again about offering and presenting my body to you as a living sacrifice. I'm so glad, God, that I surrendered to you that day. And I'm glad that I said, God, I want you to take my life. I want you to use me. I want you to do what you want, want to do. Lord, it's been a wonderful path, and I thank you for it. God, I pray if there's a brother or sister out there today, dear God, that needs to be challenged. God, they're, they're scared. God, they're scared to just take their hands off and say, Lord, I bring it. I give it. It's yours. You've given it to me, Lord, and I give it back to you. Well, thank you, dear Lord, for what you do.